George McGinnis, thanks for your time. That's okay. Uh, whenever I mention your name to people, they always say, Big George McGinnis. <laughs> how, how tall were you? And how big were you when you played? Uh, six foot four. Oh, right. And played, uh, played at a weight of 15, seven. Uh, Don't know what that equates to in kilograms. I'm still an inch and pounds and uh, yeah. stones and pounds, man. <laughs> so I'm guessing you were quite a presence when you are on the field, weren't you? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing you were, you were, a, key, you were a key ruckman at Richmond? Uh, when I originally went there, I was... Uh, Given the role of centre half back. Oh, were you? So uh, for two years, I played centre half back in the reserves. Right. It wasn't until they decided that, well, perhaps this bloke is a ruckman, and they decided to put me in the ruck, and I got a few games in the seniors playing in the ruck. What would you have preferred, ruck or centre half or half back? Well, ruck, though. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't discipline myself enough to run after someone else. <laughs> Look after opposition. But I had some uh, great tussles with a guy by the name of Ricky McLean from Carlton. Oh, yes. God. <laughs> because he was uh, playing centre-half forward, I was playing centre-half back. And he was a pretty tough guy too, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. I can remember Bill Della saying to us uh, one day in one match, he said, look, you can beat the living crap out of each other. I'm not going to award a free kick either way. Please yourselves what you do. <laughs> That, that, that won't happen these. That won't happen these days, George. No, I, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. So, you, did you? If you were a ruckman, you would have had difficulty maybe trying to break into the senior side at that time. Would that be right? Absolutely. Who, who Absolutely. was stopping you, so to speak? Well, uh, my my greatest fearsome opponent. <laughs> so, in any, any training session, yes. If we had one-on-one -on -one, uh, contests, it was always with Mike Patterson. All right. And then there was Neville Crow, Paddy Ganane, who played centre-half forward and did some work in the ruck. Yeah. Then Mike Green come on the scene, and then John Ronaldson come on the scene. And then uh, I think I got the message in 71 when uh, they brought Whale Roberts across from uh, ah. South Australia. Right. To uh, play, so that that was when I departed and went, went to Winyard. <laughs> And you came, you, you came to Richmond from, a, uh, is it Brocklesby? Brocklesby initially. I wasn't recruit, I wasn't playing with Brocklesby when I uh, left to go to Melbourne. I right. was, uh, I started my football at the age of 13 with Brocklesby. And you would have been, been a tall 13 year old. Uh, I was tall but oh, skinny as a rake. Oh right. Skinny ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Actually, I've been just looking at some photos in recent times of uh, me and my sister being prepared by my mum to go to a Baldale sports day when we were at junior primary school. Right. And, yeah, I was skinny as. Uh, my knees were uh, the biggest part of my legs. Right. <laughs> when did you start to sort of add on your weight? Uh, probably, yeah, well... About 16, 17. Okay. Right, yep. 
I started to increase in weight. So uh, I then went to Coral, played in the ovens of Murray. Oh, right. Had uh, three seasons there yeah. before I was recruited to go to uh, Melbourne as a 19-year-old uh, down to Richmond. So uh, Did someone come and uh, uh, see you and yeah, poach you, did they? Yeah, At that stage, I was, oh, well, I considered myself a reasonable runner, although your dad would say differently. <laughs> There because, uh, well, Kevin and myself used to uh, train with Bill Borromeo down at Richmond. Of course. So as professional foot runners. Yes. And I did uh, two or three uh, years on the uh, professional circuit with Kevin. I can remember uh, what, I think it was in 67 when Kevin won the Port Gift. All oh, right, we went yes. down to Port Ferry and then back up to Maryborough and. Yes. We travelled around, running two or three different uh, country towns. Did you win a gift? No, I didn't. Right. No, never, never even got into a final. Oh, right. I, I was sort of running for a handicap. Don't, don't ever tell the bloody <laughs> stewards that. <laughs> 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 to try and get enough. For, I, I needed a, a mark of about, oh, I reckon... 10, 11, 12 uh, <laughs> yard start. Right. And I might have had a chance, but I wasn't going to hang around that long in bloody professional foot running to get there. And I, I think uh, Graham Bond was also running at that stage. Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah, he used to come down and uh, run with us. Not a lot of people would know, but you were best man at my father's wedding. Correct. Do you remember and when vice you... Vice versa. Oh, vice versa. Sorry, yes, great. Vice versa, he was first man at my wedding too. Do you recall when you first met Kevin? I think so. I, I think we first met... Yes. ...purely before, because Graham Richmond said, oh, there's a guy that's looking for a lift to go home. <laughs> I reckon that's how it eventuated. Right, and you were the one who drove him. And I said, oh, well, I live out that way... No, Noble Park's not much further. Yeah. And that's when it started. So right. every uh, Tuesday and Thursday, and Thursday nights were a uh, a great hoot for Kevin and myself because we used to go back to uh, your grandma's place. Oh, right. And we'd uh, have tea. We'd sit and watch uh, TV ringside. <laughs> And I reckon before the fights were over, Kevin and myself could work out who was going to get the fight. Oh. Because they were all rigged. <laughs> <laughs> well, he still loves boxing to this day. Oh, yeah, without doubt. Yeah. Did he tell you the time I floored him? What? <laughs> you punched him? <laughs> yeah. Oh. We were... <laughs> We were uh, over at his mum's, and I reckon Maxie Scales was there too. Yeah. Uh, look, we were just horsing around down the bloody uh, passageway. Yeah. And uh, I sort of led with one punch, and he led with his chin, and I hit him on the chin, and I was over anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so there was nothing sinister in it. It was just, just mm. those young lads horsing around. You nearly, you nearly knocked out the Richmond's best rover. George? Really? The yeah. coach wouldn't have liked that. Could have, well, I don't know. Well, he would have been... Up and coming, how about that? Yeah, I think, he, he, I think he would have been playing senior football. Yeah. yeah, when I spoke to Dad yesterday about you, he said, yeah. the first time I can also remember George was we were, we were roommates on a boat. Oh, 
Is that true? <laughs> on the Marconi boat. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> uh, Kevin and myself used to room, no matter where we went on trips away, we always used to room together. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, he was a non-drinker, I was a non-drinker, and we got on like a house on fire, so... What, what were you doing on the Marconi? Oh, we were on a... Uh, this this was an interesting bloody trip. The Marconi was an Italian ship that went from Perth to Adelaide to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. And they picked up a football, or could have even been two football teams at uh, Perth. Right. They picked up another football team at Adelaide. Right. Richmond at Melbourne. Right. And then I think there was a rugby side that got on. <laughs> So it was full of drunken bloody footballers. <laughs> so Kevin and myself, <laughs> we, were, we were sort of isolated. <laughs> Is, was this like a post-season trip up the this coast? This was after, no, after-season trip this was. Right, okay. Yeah, this was an after-season trip. So nine times out of ten we either, I can remember going to uh, Bondi Beach one uh, year. Oh, nice. I reckon we had a couple of years up at Surface Paradise, and then there was this trip. Right. So, yeah, nine times out of ten, we always ended up at Surface Paradise. Gee, the club so was... So that was our end-of-season trips. I was going to say, the club was really spending the money on you there, weren't they? Well, they probably had pretty successful times then. Yeah. Probably had pretty successful times. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you another small story. When I was at Coroy, we uh, organised a uh, trip to go to Surface Paradise, and I was only 16, maybe 17 then. And we had a bloke by the name of Doggy Walsh. I don't know what his first name was. He come from down Melbourne Way, Sandringham, I think. And he was a guy in charge of the... Uh, he was our treasurer for the trip away. Oh, yes. And, of course, uh, when it come time for the trip away, being a guy that just come down and played the season with us at Coroa, he disappeared and so did the money. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up having to pay for our own trip away because everything was booked. I, was, I could see where that story was going already, George. I could tell what, I could tell what was going to happen by the end of that story. <laughs> did, you, did, your, um, did your father play football? Yes, he did. I I played in a match with my father, would you believe? He would have been in his 50s. Well, we played in this little bush town called Brocklesby, where Justin Kaziski comes from. Yeah. And you may or may not believe this, but I played with his grandfather. Oh, gee. So, yeah, his grandfather would have been in his early 40s, I reckon, when I started playing at the age of about 13. Oh, my Lord. So, uh, yeah, I can remember, well, we were short of players. Right. So there was my dad played and another old guy by the name of Stuart Ross. He played to make up the numbers. <laughs> it was purely an effort to make up the numbers. But you were in the same game as your father. Wow. Yeah. Was he a good yeah. player? Oh, couldn't run then. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he played in uh, the Notorious. This is, this is an interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, the notorious grand final between uh, Colcan and Brocklesby. Yeah. And it's notorious in the way that uh, on the final siren, they kicked a goal or whatever to win. Yeah. 
and then one side contested the uh, against it, and then uh, the actual Hume League, as it was known then, overturned it, and then they weren't happy with it. Then they went to the VFL, who was the governing body back then, and then they overturned it the other way. So it ended up... At the end of the season, the winning side would always organise a banquet. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Both have organised banquets and had banquets to celebrate the uh, win, but I think the win eventually turned out to be Brocklesby's win. Oh, right. Yeah. So the, the banquet was all for nothing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Gosh. <laughs> I, 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 be, before we go, I have to talk to you about um, <laughs> World of Sport Tug of War. Did Richmond have a Tug of War team? Yes. And was it, yeah. was it serious? Oh, yeah, very serious. Wow. Did all teams uh, have one? Yeah. Right, okay. Well, there was... Uh, well, in our uh, tug-of-war, there was... Uh, Mike Patterson, nine times out of ten, was our anchor man. Right. Then there was uh, Billy Big Arms Barrett, <laughs> Eric Moore, yes. Mike Bowden, myself... There'd be a couple of others. I can remember in one year, I earned more out of tug of war from Channel 7 than what I earned out of football. Because we ended up going on to win the uh, tug of war in the uh, VFL sides. We thought we were pretty good, didn't we? (laughs) So we, uh, Sid McRae, who was our coach and trainer and mentor and everything else that urged you, decided to enter us in the... uh, what, what's the Wayne Garatta gift? Oh. They have a, I, I think it's New Year's Day right. celebration of Wayne Garatta and they have a lot of professional tug-of-war teams go there, you know, like your Coburg Hotels and your, right. you know, those types of places. Yep. So we went down there and we thought, oh yeah, we'd be able to compete against these folks. Right. Not a hope in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever got down, you know, like... As a snatch from the start, when you start a tug of war, we never even got down on the ladders. We were still standing up. <laughs> well, people can actually people can actually see this tug of war. There's a world of sport footage against Essendon, which it might be the grand final. Yeah. Um, and you are the anchor man. That's right. And George That's McGuinness, you look as though you are exuding every last bit of oh. ounce. <laughs> Tell me about it. And you've got these officials like Sid McRae or, or I think Alan Swab or Graham Richmond are there. Alan sort of. Swab and Graham Richmond would have been there. Sort of. And Sid McRae certainly was there. They're all urging you on, right in your face sort of thing, right up close. <laughs> Don't give in, that's That's it, that's it. <laughs> Don't give in. Can I, can I ask, were these tug-of-war matches, were they held, was, was this during the season or after the season? No, during the season. This was held on... Uh, Channel 7 Sports Sunday morning. There's so a chance that people... you Saturday, yeah. and then you'd go down and uh, be in the tug of war the, on the Sunday. George, wasn't anyone worried that someone was going to get hurt? Oh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, was watch- I was watching... Well, I don't think any of us got hurt. I'm not sure what happened to Pato, why he wasn't our anchor man then. Maybe he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, but I think he might have got hurt playing football, not oh. playing, uh, not pulling tug of war. 
Because in the... In it's not a thing where you uh, exert a heap of pressure all of a sudden. Right. No, you sort of work up to it. And then the main thing is, is to get down and just hang on. Mate. Pull with all your might and then just hang on. What, what, what did you get for um, doing tug of war? Uh, paid money in a check. All right. I got seventeen hundred odd dollars in a check from Channel Seven. Seventeen. And that was more. Hundred. Yeah, and that was more than what we, uh, what I got playing reserves football for Richmond. Right. So that was for the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can understand well, it would have that. Been about. Oh, you might have had about. Seven or eight bloody uh, goes in yep. the tug of war. Yep. So, yeah. Well, it was I... bloody. It was quite a surprise when I got it, actually. <laughs> well, we might have got a few more dollars because we won it. I was going to say, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I, I yeah. you know, I can see why you won. You're the anchor man. There was Billy Barrett, whose arms were as big as anything. Uh, yeah, as weak as water. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we trained with Sid McRae, at Richmond, we had this old ladder, so we'd uh, we'd tie. Uh, well, we'd put the ladder down, then we'd get two or three guys to uh, get on the ladder and pull against each other. Right. I can remember uh, pulling against Eric Moore, Mike Bowden, and Billy Barrett, and they couldn't move me. <laughs> I was pulling the three of them, and they couldn't move me. Gosh. But I come from a very good uh, training regime then. Right. Like carton hay and carton wheat and things like that. If you went carton hay, yep. though you could cut a thousand bales a day, that'd mean you'd pick them up and put them on the car right. or on the truck, take it into the stack and unload them again. So that's 2,000 times you'd pick up, say, oh, 100, 120 pounds, 130 pounds in a day, and then you do that for four or five weeks every day. So it was pretty good training ground for uh, football. When, when it came to uh, lifting weights, George, how, how, how much could you lift? Uh, I think I still hold a record down at Percy Serity Sports Camp of just short of 600 pounds. 600 pounds? Yeah. That's well, we run out of weights, actually. This, this <laughs> they ran out of weights. <laughs> they didn't have enough weights to put on the bar. Oh. So, uh, Paddy Ganane was down there. And, uh, well, we probably had 400, 450 pounds on the bar. Yeah. And he picked it up, and the bar turned in his hand. So, you know all the pad calluses that you got on the base of your fingers? Yeah. The bar turned in his hand and ripped all those off, both hands. Very sore. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just kept loading the bar up until we run out of weights. (laughs) So I think there's a record down there of 597 pounds or something. Right. For a guy that's never been trained as a professional weightlifter, yeah. So on the field, George, when you came when you came up against an opponent, did you just run through them? Oh, just trying to get a little bit physical. That sounds like a yes, George. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a yes. Maybe I should ask a different question. Were you ever reported? Yes. Right. First time ever was uh, 
here in Adelaide. Yeah. So what was never reported in uh, in the VFL or the Ovens and Murray or the Hume League. It was when I was over here, and uh, it was the first game out at uh, what do they call it, West Lakes, mm-hmm. at the Pretty Park here after they built it. It was the first game we were playing uh, Central Districts, right. and uh, it was a bloke by the name of. Sally Saywell, who uh, played full forward for the uh, Central Districts, and uh, ball was kicked down the forward line. And I come in and I sort of run sort of halfway up his front and punch the ball in the head and whatever else. So I was reported for it, and uh, then I got off because there was insufficient evidence. Oh, that's lucky. <laughs> so. I've played 300 and, I reckon, 307 games and not been reported. That's a fair effect. football between, uh, senior football from Brocklesby, Parola, Richmond, Wynyard, North Adelaide. And in, at North Adelaide, you actually played under Swamp Fox, Patterson, didn't you? Swamp Fox, yeah, Mike Patterson, yeah. Right. What was it? it, it Paddo had quite a quite a bit of success at North Adelaide. Uh, I think they had won two grand finals, yep. two grand finals prior to me getting there. Right. And they uh, nearly won a third. Got beat on the last kick of the day when Graham Corns kicked the goal. Oh. And uh, then I come the following year. Yeah. And look, the main reason I come was. Guy by the name of um, Hammond, Bob Hammond. Yeah. He, he really impressed me as a guy that knew what he's, what football was about. When I come over in bloody February, I found out that he uh, signed up to play with Norwood. Oh, I was yeah. pretty disappointed in that, but uh, yeah, we, we had all sorts of hassles in the first year that I was over here. All the uh, senior players in the uh, team at North Adelaide were. Oh, touting for more money than whatever, and I don't think their heart was in it. But yeah. we ended up playing in the first semi-final against uh, Port Adelaide and got beat. And then the following years, I don't think we made any finals. Right. So, yeah, North Adelaide wasn't a wasn't a good camping spot for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and just before I go, you. You actually, you did play in a premiership with Richmond. Was it this, the reserves premiership? The reserve side. Yeah, that was the year when we went through in 66 undefeated. Yeah, that's a fair team. We yeah. ended up playing 20, 25, 26 games undefeated. Yeah, into the next season. Into the next season. Yeah. And, the, and then the, we, uh, I tell you, well, we played in another grand final when uh, Neil Balm, we played against Melbourne in the second semi-final. Right. Barmy kicked eight goals. And... Uh, this is the reserve, is it? We won easy. This is in the reserve. Yes, yes. And we won easy. And then we met Melbourne in the grand final. Right. Last kick of the day, uh, Barmy hasn't had a good day, but he's got a kick almost on the siren yeah. and he's banged it through the goals goal umpire signal the goal and then Ian Coates the umpire runs down and says nah nah cancel that I'm awarding a bloody free kick to Ray Biffin <laughs> so Biffin gets the ball so we'd won it by three or four points yeah. 
goal was cancelled, miss out. <laughs> Ray Biffin gets a kick, kicks it out on the wing and the siren goes. Oh. Lost it. <laughs> so, and that was when I was captain of the uh, reserve side. Nearly a premiership captain, That George. would have been in 1970, I reckon. Which I think, which I think was your best year. Yeah, was my best year. Because you won the... I ended up playing nine... Nine or eleven games with uh, the seniors that year. Yeah. And then I uh, come third in the Gardner Medal count for the reserves. Um, and just finally, you, uh, your coach in the seniors was Tom Hafey. Tom Hafey, all the way through. Who was, who was, you know, just loved his fitness. So did that sort of match well with you? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of admiration for Tommy. Yeah. A lot of admiration for Tommy. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it would be as half as much as your good dad and Tommy had together. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, had a lot of time for Tommy, hopefully. It's interesting, you know, like uh, when I was playing with uh, Corolla, we organised a, uh, a practice match between Shepherd and Corolla. Right, right. And at half time, they were considering calling the game off because of all the fights and brawls that were in it. Yeah. Can you believe that? Gosh. And Tommy Hafey was then coaching Shepparton. Yes, he was, that's right. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so that was in 1965, I reckon, the following year he went down to Richmond. Yes, yeah, so you sort of, so we said, your paths yeah. crossed, you know, before yeah. they officially crossed. Before then, yeah. Oh, Correct. Well, it's been great for a chat, George. Thank you so much. And um, That's good. On behalf of everyone, thank you for not only playing for Richmond, but also for helping us win the tug-of-war championships <laughs> and World of Sport that year. God, World of Sport. I'm not, too sure what, I'm not too sure if we've got a trophy or not. I can't find it, but, but thank you. No, neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you've got the check. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks, Happy mate. To do it. Look after yourself. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.